Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Right Side with Doug Bellings. Perhaps one of the biggest shows that we've ever done, which seems hard to believe given yesterday's show with Simon Parks. But we have today Charlie Ward along with Simon Parks. A real honor for me personally and for the audience of this program. We're grateful to both of these gentlemen for taking the time out to speak with us about the news and questions of the day. And there are a lot of questions and a lot of news coming down that not only impacts, obviously, the United States and its election, but the world with regards to this topic. So Simon Parks and Charlie Ward, ladies and gentlemen. And Charlie, I'm going to start with you since we gave Simon a bit of a platform yesterday to introduce himself. The audience is familiar with him. Could you, Charlie, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started in this, uh, and what has brought you to this point? And take about a minute or so and feel free to fill us in on, on your background. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you, Doug. Um, very, very, very simply, I was in the hotel business for many years and retired about 16 years ago um, and used to change people's money when they were on holiday. And that business grew and grew and grew when I left the hotel business into to moving money around the world for, for private clients to such a level that I, I moved money for governments. Um, most people who know me know the, the old story that on private jets, I used to be on there with sort of uh, young women, pretty young women and plenty of alcohol, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> That stopped 10 years ago when I met my wife, and I land up being on planes with diplomats, bureaucrats, and bodyguards. And when you're sat on a plane for six to seven hours just sat there talking, um, you learn things. Um, and in a, in a nutshell, I was told six years ago by a certain uh, diplomat that they were, they were going to collapse the world's economy. This, it wasn't just told to me like that. It was in a conversation. We're going to collapse the world's economy for a global financial reset. That was six years ago, uh, nearly seven years ago now. And then two years ago, um, he said the same thing on another trip. He said, we're, we're getting close now. We've got Donald Trump in power, and we're getting very close to, to shutting down the world's economy. And I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it was just in the middle of a conversation. And then November last year, he said, now we've got the UK out of the EU. Um, we're going to collapse the world's economy next year. I went, how are you going to do that then? He's got to wait and see. And then, of course, in March, this virus came along that everybody was scared to death about. And I was like, how the hell can people be scared of a virus? Our bodies are made up of it. And then yep. the penny dropped. I know what it is. This has been dreamt up by Bill Gates. Because we, can, we all know about germs. We're not scared of them. We're used to them. But when they came along with the virus, I went, ah, oh, he's used to computer terms. We're scared of the virus because of the computers. That's why. So that was a brilliant foil. And... That, uh, I basically knew this was going to happen right from the start. I was unaware of the journey, but I was clear about the destination, that this is all done for a global financial reset. Uh, and then my study started, and since then I've done around 5,000 hours of research. I've done over 750 videos. I've interviewed over four, 500 people of all walks of life. And um, I started off with the co four corners of a puzzle, and now I've got a fairly complete puzzle. Excellent. So that's in a nutshell. Excellent. Thank you, Charlie. Very, I, I appreciate that, and so does the audience. I, gentlemen, we, I, since yesterday, have been inundated with some questions and so forth on, on the YouTube channel and from my email and, and other social uh, platforms. I was going to just run through a few of these questions, and you and I, all of all three of us spoke before the program. There's been no rehearsal here. There's been you, these are just questions that are hot off the press, so to speak, and we'll take them and we can go down whatever whatever path we choose. And I think within the hour that we have together, we'll we'll get I think through the majority of them. So without further ado, and if it's okay with you, I'd like to start with that. Is that okay? Fine. Fine. Good. So. This one comes from Adam. He's, it's, it's a little, he sets this question up uh, with this. He says, apparently FEMA, the director Pete Gaynor, takes over as Secretary of Homeland Security and uh, Chad Wolf resigning and so forth. Gaynor being the executive officer responsible for the security of Camp David, who was head of operations at the headquarters during the 9-11 attack. Um, and he says, to me, that has suspicion written all over it since there's good evidence 9-11 was an inside job. Trump, and I've, I, I don't have a personal opinion about that necessarily. Maybe I do, and we can talk about it, but that's Adam's point. And then he says, Trump has given the go-ahead to build over 800 FEMA camps across America. Why has he done this, do you think, is Adam's question. Simon? 
Sorry, Charlie, I, I thought you were still searching for the piece of the puzzle, the little corner bit, you know, in the left-hand corner. Uh, yeah. the, in it. <laughs> the primer. I yeah. found, I found <coughs> it. It's called Simon Parks. <laughs> Hello, Doug. Um, in, the, in the bad days, when a man by the name of Clinton and uh, a man by the name of Obama were running some of the show, I think we were quite right to be concerned about FEMA camps. But what's happened is, you know, the, the, the captain of the ship's changed. And uh, it's not just that those camps have been, new camps have been built. There's a massive amount of money under the uh, Trump administration that's gone in and to what Americans call Gitmo. We don't call it that in the United Kingdom. We call it Guantanamo Bay. But that's because we're British. Yeah. But the point here is that those FEMA camps that are there at the moment are for the bad guys. They're not for the good guys. So you shouldn't have any concerns. You know, if you see armed, regular armed United States soldiers on the streets, you shouldn't have any concern. But 192, 193,000 arrest warrants ready to roll. You're going to need those FEMA camps to put these people in. And as somebody said to me, there's a lot of fat cats in Washington, D.C. who are in for quite a rude awakening because it's not going to be the Hilton Hotel for them. <laughs> exactly. Very good indeed. Thank you, Simon. I appreciate it. Next series of questions comes from Gigi. Gigi and she says her bombshells. So I happen to know Gigi. These are a few questions that she uh, has asked. She's a, a very, uh, she's a fan of both of you and enjoys both of your, um, your, your programs and all of the information that you put out. So from Gigi, with regards to, um, child trafficking um how much how much of this topic of child trafficking in general will be part of any of the next round of arrest and how deep or high should i say does it go does, does it go to the highest echelons of the u.s government the celebrity class etc it goes right to the very top Let's be very clear about that. This isn't the bottom of the pile. This is, I mean, it's absolutely riddled in Hollywood. Um, I have two AAA list stars from Hollywood that I speak to on a daily basis who give me insight as to what's going on. Both of these people have been in the presence of people at the highest level who've been involved in this business. And they're using me as a mouthpiece on the base, basis that I don't mention who they are. Um, they're giving me an awful lot of information. And this isn't hand-me-down information. This is information that they have been there in the presence and seen it firsthand. And you don't need to be a rocket scientist, and I will name names on two people, because if you're talking about um, Oprah Winfrey and um, Ellen DeGeneres, as both have both had celebrities on their show promoting facial creams made of child foreskins human human parts of the body and they th and I, I don't understand why nobody for the last five years has challenged that when it first came out i was disgusted my first thought process was where on earth are they getting this these li living or living organisms for from and they were very very open about it they were marketing it. Um, adrenochrome was right in our adrenochrome was right in our faces, and still is, even down to the fact of Google. Google operating system. The platform is Chrome. Yep. The operating system, and it's right in front of our eyes. It's in what we call plain sight, and we've just like, really, really didn't know that was there. Um, wow. It's it's right in front of our eyes. And we have not seen it. And it's riddled in, within Hollywood, within the super rich circles. Um, that, and when I say super rich, I'm talking about, we've, we've all heard about the island that Epstein has. Mm -hmm. Let me assure you yeah. of one thing. It's not one island. There's about 10 or 12 islands that are contaminated in that part of the Caribbean. Hmm. Biden yeah. has his own island. Uh-huh. Nobody's talking about that. And this is what really annoys me with journalists. 
they pick up on some of the most pathetic stuff. I'm not a journalist. I'm a 60-year-old father of four, grandfather of four, trying to seek out the truth. I'm not qualified as a journalist, but I found out more about these islands. And, and I tell you what, the guys that I'm talking to in Hollywood right now, two of these guys have visited those islands and left in a hurry when they saw what was going on. Hmm. And they've had th threats against their life if they ever opened their mouth about what they saw. Um, and when I say what they saw, I can tell you that one of these people has actually been in the presence when they've sacrificed a child and then decided to consume the child. Oh, my Lord. Yes. Probably frightening. Oh, my Lord. Frightening is, 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 yeah. is a complete understatement. Yes. And these people are using me because I've got bollocks bigger than most people to stand <laughs> out and tell people exactly what's going on. Because if they want to come and kill me, I don't have a problem because I can go and be with my firstborn son who I lost 11 years ago. Yeah. And because I've got no fear of death, I'm prepared to stand up and tell the truth. And I don't care. But God I will you. make sure the truth gets out there. Yep. And I know that these people who were there are not lying to me. Okay. Point. Uh, and I believe you. Uh, it's it's um, thoroughly abhorrent. I think it's demonic, obviously. Uh, it, terrible. Okay. Uh, again, from Gigi and her friends, apparently uh, Janet Osabard, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, was on uh, uh, one of the programs and talked about the video Cabal series. He's uh, starred in, um, in a platform. He's, he's, I'm trying to make heads or tail of the question. About 40 different people who are truth seekers. It sounded like he called this club or this platform the Dasara Club. Can, either of, you, can you, either of you please speak more about that? Okay, well, Janet Ossenbard was on my show the other day, and she's a person that I would highly recommend that you look at her collection. She started off with the first series of videos, um, The Fall of the Cabal, um, and they've started taking her down off YouTube, so she's now on BitChute. Um, and they're an amazing group of videos. And then she's done the sequel, which is 17 videos, but only seven of them were completed right now. And I, I made mention to Nasara and Jasara. And Nasara is the national, Jasara is global. Okay. It's to do with the changing of the, the financial system from the old financial system, which is a swift fiat currency system, to a new digital, um, not solely digital, digital and notes and coins. But it's a, it's a system that is not contaminated. And it's not just a financial system. It's, there's a lot of parts. The, uh, Nasara was supposed to be coming in in 1963. And JFK was due to bring it in. And when they found out he was going to bring it in, they killed him. Um, and that, that was the first time they were going to change the old corrupt financial system which is basically currency backed by fresh air rather than backed by gold uh, to a, a legitimate good system, which the new system will be backed by gold. The second time that they tried to bring in Nasara and Jasara, um, conveniently they collapsed the Twin Towers in New York oh. on September the 11th to, to stop that happening. Um, in very, very simple layman's terms, the whole world at the moment is governed by our law, which is the law of the seas. Whether you want to call it admiralty law, maritime law, civil law, it's, the, it's a law of consent. It's at a, a level way below the law of God and, and common law or constitutional law. Um, constitutional law and common law is mandatory, um, yep. whereas the yep. laws we're under at the moment are by consent. And this is why a policeman, when they come and talk to you, will ask you if you understand. That means, do you stand under me? Which means, do you give me consent? The minute you say yes, that you're giving them consent, which means that they can rule you by consent. So the yep. fundamentals of the Nasara Jasara, and I would recommend to anyone to Google it, N-E-S-A-R-A or G-E-S-A-R-A. Google it, do your research. And basically it does it changes the laws it does away with debt um, and the corruption that it is. 
I just wish I'd thought of it first, that you could print money <laughs> and give it out to yeah. people and then demand it back with tax and interest. It's one of the most corrupt systems you'll ever, ever see when the penny drops. Well, this is a good segue to a question that comes not only from Gigi and her friend, but from David and uh, a gentleman by the name of Sam. And they're asking for us, for you to explain to us the entire BlackRock issue with the United States Treasury and how it might affect a global treasury. Specifically, do you expect any U.S. banking system disruptions uh, in the current coming days, uh, whether it's uh, deposits or ATM machines? What about credit card issues and so forth? What about BlackRock and its impact? I understand that it owns over or almost half of the entire world's currency. Do you want to answer that one, Simon? What I'll do is I'll answer some of the first questions. I thought they were more, more up my street. You're the okay. man that travels with the gold, Charlie. I okay. think I'll let you do All that. Right. With regards... <laughs> um, Go yeah. on, you, you start off then with that bit. Yeah, Go yeah, on. I wanted to say that there's a guy called 07 or something that's causing a bit of a stir. Um, uh, and some of what he said actually is accurate. Some of it I don't agree with. But he, he talked about the religion in Washington. And he said there were priests, etc. But he couldn't bring himself to say the word satanic. And, you know, that's the problem here. That a lot of people, whether they're lawmakers, whether they're, you know, police officers, whatever they are, they have been hooked into a religion, but not a religion that's represented by a church overground. And this is the fundamental control on the vast majority of wealthy people or influential people that they are sworn to this, call it a religion, above all else. And for those of us normal people, um, like, you know, Doug, us and, and, and your audience, it is hard to come to terms with an environment that approaches a up-and-coming businessman and says, if you uh, join us, we will make you a billionaire. Um, but the deal is you've got to give us your children uh, and they become our property. That keeps you on side. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll enhance these kids. And that is something that's been going long before Walt Disney started to do his cartoons. It goes right back to the priests of Egypt. It goes right back to Sumerian times and beyond that. So what Trump and the good guys are fighting is not just a bunch of bankers. They're actually fighting a way of life. So that, that, that's really what I wanted to say. Um, and of course, remember with the uh, terrible atrocity of the Twin Towers, let's not forget the gold that was quietly shipped out. And I'll pass over to uh, to Charlie for the rest. Yeah, with, with regard to the banking, we're in the, this whole, what we're going through right now is all about changing the financial system. And of course, when you change a financial system, um, it just takes time for, to transition. I know factually that the new quantum financial system started operating on the 1st of August but they're currently moving a lot of instruments across from the old Fiat, uh, from the old SWIFT system onto there. But what Donald Trump is doing is making sure that he doesn't move corrupted money across. And there's an awful lot of corrupted money on the SWIFT system in financial instruments. And I'll be honest with you, most of it is corrupted because the, the, whole, the, the, the whole SWIFT system is a cesspool of dirty, filthy, dirty money that these guys... I think we worked out the other day that less than 5% of the money is actually clean on that system. 95% um, of it is absolute, and it all belongs to the, the Phoenician families. It just goes round and round and round in circles. So that if you think you're actually making any money on the stock exchange, it's just numbers on a piece of paper. It's never really your money. Charlie, do you know how, if at all, the stock market will change globally? Will people's mortgages, will people's debts be wiped out? Specific, what my understanding is is that there will be there will be uh, forgiveness of debt, and there will be um, the, the the mortgages will not exist in the future because it's a corrupt system. The word mortgage is death pledge. That's what the meaning of the word yep. mortgage is. Yeah, and yep. um, we've we've been slaves to to uh, to money. Donald Trump wants to take us away from that, um, and this is why they're fighting like dogs to keep us enslaved yes um yep. most people are completely unaware that they're not actually regarded on, on this planet as a living soul um they're, they're regarded as a 
corporation as a commodity and they're being mm-hmm. traded from day to day. Yep. And most people have never, ever got their birth certificate. In fact, 99.99% of the world never seen it. You get a copy of. If you actually got your birth certificate, yours now, Doug, um, yeah. and looked at the back of it, your genuine one, you'd see stamps from all over the world where you've been traded. You've probably been traded for seven, eight million US dollars in your lifetime as a commodity, as uh-huh. a Doug, Doug Billings in capital letters. That's why your name is in capital letters um, on a, any legal document because you're capitalized. My goodness. Fascinating. I mean, it's... Um you you both clearly, and I've seen evidence of this just over the last couple of days, having spoken with Simon, you both are railed upon um, many, many of your critics out there, you know, this, this kind of information is nuts. But for those of us who are genuine, who, who want to seek the truth, find the truth from multiple sources, sometimes multiple competing sources of information, I, I don't see that as a bad thing. How have you over the years, both of you, combated the criticism and how do you when you when you see someone who's genuinely a good person but doubtful of all of this information how do you begin to convert them to the truth it's never easy um no i the the, the easiest thing that i do is is I, it's, it's almost my my tagline is is i'm not the messiah i'm just charlie um <laughs> yeah. I've, what I've done is I've done some research. The differences between myself and most people in the world, and also Simon and most people in the world, is we've done thousands of hours of research. Um, so our our judgment is based on a, a serious amount of research, and we're normally competing against people that sit in front of a television. Yes, right. So it's a bit of an unfair yeah. contest, and they sit there and go, "Well, I've, I've actually I've started doing some research. I've moved yeah. from CNN right. to NBC, and I've, in England, I've moved from the BBC to ITV." Yeah, you right. Just go really. Right. Well, Sky so, News. Don't forget. Yeah. Sorry. Sky News. We can add that one. Yeah, in the next yeah. yeah. Right. Simon and I have done a serious amount of hard work in researching stuff, and I think Simon will, will admit as the same as I that when we started doing some re- research. We felt pretty sick when we found out that we how misled we've actually been. Yeah. Is that right, Simon? You're on mute. You yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. I just keep the mute so when the cats decide to make noise, <laughs> this is not, you're not, it's not going to be disturbed. Um, first of all, will not those I know a lot of your your audience, Doug. They're they're, they're really with it, but there might be new people who have been joined, mm-hmm. uh, and they might not have the knowledge that you're. You know your original group might have and the, the question often might come up is how on earth do you make money off a person on a birth certificate i just wanted to quickly explain that that yeah. you know if you you have a car in you know it doesn't matter whether you're in america or britain or anywhere else you have to insure that car well part of that is your zip code and so if you're in a high crime area the insurance on your car is greater and if you're in a low car crime area your insurance is cheaper. So what they'll do with birth certificates, they'll look at the father, particularly the father, but not exclusively, and they'll say, what job does this guy do? What, is it middle class? Is it upper class, between from a British perspective now, is it a blue blue collar worker? Does the person own their own home? Uh, And they'll project that individual as to what he or she will achieve in amount of money. Mm-hmm. So let's say you, you're going to go to, to Harvard or Princeton and you're going to make a really good job as a lawyer. So they will say, this is a good asset. We're not going to trade this person uh, at the end. We'll trade them now and on a five-year limit and we'll get them back. Then they've got what they call bad debt. So this is somebody who's coming from a broken home. Somebody who's just a one-parent family and they will offload that debt and, and, and you know bet against it. That's exactly what they do in the stock. So I wanted to just explain that because people will say, how on earth can you make money on people? So so I wanted to do that point. Um, In terms of uh, the, I've been going now for, this is my 11th year now. And when I go right back to 2009, 2010, when I first started, I was under no illusion how I would be um, dealt with by the established media and people who weren't believing so when i went public uh with a lot of experience to do with ufos uh to do with my own family background 
I went public before I stood for election. Uh, I'd been elected prior to that, but I hadn't decided to go public. But but I decided in 2012 that I would restand. I've been invited to stand back as a lawmaker. So I went public two years beforehand so that nobody could criticize me and say, oh, well, if we'd known who you were, we would never have voted yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, and I was elected, although uh, my videos were out there and it was well known. Um, and I came under the most enormous attack from uh, a very small group of BBC journalists, um, some some trolls, some crazy people. But the great thing was, you know, I attended every meeting that I was called to at the council. I never fell asleep. I stood up and I fought for the people that had elected me, mm -hmm. whether it was filling a hole in the sidewalk, whether it was their trash cans weren't being emptied, whether the crime was too high and we needed to get the police chief down to talk about us. Um, and so I learned the best way is to set an example. And the people who attack you, frankly, you don't want around you anyway. That's, yeah. that's how I come at it. Cheers to that. Thank you. Okay, gentlemen, regarding disinformation surrounding all of this, I clearly I know, and I know you know, there is disinformation. The media is clearly an ally of the worldwide left. I have no doubt of that. It's obvious. We see it every day. Um, what's your what's your telltale sign, telltale sign of of false information? What what raises red flags with you immediately with regards to the information that you see? This is a question again coming from uh, the states. I have an old saying, if it looks like shit and it smells like shit, <laughs> it's probably shit. There's a nice way of saying, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Um, it's, and this is something that I've been talking about a lot recently because we've been programmed by television and it's time for us to step back and reset our moral compasses inside. And I've said it on my channel many times, if you believe in God, Ask God to help you. If you believe in Allah, ask Allah. If you don't believe in anybody, ask your mum or your grandma. They'll help you. Yeah. Reset your moral compass. And when your moral compass is set, correct, as to what's right and what's wrong, then you can take the information into you and you can trust your, trust your judgment, trust your intuition. And it's a lovely feeling when you can trust your own judgment. Absolutely. But we've been programmed not to do that. So yes. you have to get away from that and reprogram and reset your moral compass so that you can make a judgment between what is right and what is wrong. Women are very, very good at it. Us blokes, we go down the pub and we talk shit. Let's get yes. real about it. Um, women, they go, they can tell you within two minutes, he's a good person, I like him, um, and without even talking to him. And we need to learn from them as to what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> Amen. Okay, um, two questions about um, the President of the United States. Uh, one regarding the FBI, I'll start with that one. Do either of you know whether or not uh, President Trump has been cleared of any of these connections he has to the riots? We know he's been impeached in the House of Representatives in the United States for the second time. And, uh, and Charlie, you mentioned ducks a minute ago. For me, the impeachment, the second impeachment of Trump is like water on the wing of a duck. It'll roll right off. It's such a joke. Um, but do, you, do either of you know, has the FBI cleared Trump is a question that we had for one of our viewers. And then I have a, a, a follow-up to that one regarding Sidney Powell. Simon. Just lost you there a minute. Um, right. The FBI won't clear Trump until Trump clears the FBI. When that siege of the Capitol building was taking place, uh, I'm 100% clear that the team around Trump were already aware that there was going to be some form of uh, insurrection from elements that uh, we were just called communist or left wing. Yeah. They weren't, you know, they weren't under his orders. He was aware that that was going to happen. But like the rest of us, he didn't know where it was going to come from. So okay. when he was charged uh, by the uh, lower house, they were implying that he was somehow inciting it. What the evidence shows is it was already laid in place 
weeks, if not months ago. So what's going to have to come out, and it will come out, is that the second impeachment, it will fall simply because this was a plan already concocted. And that's why these police chiefs are resigning. That's why they're resigning. Because, and if you look back to my podcast that I did either on the 6th or the 7th, uh, after it, I said there was a deal done with the police and the security guards in the Capitol building to be thinned out and to let them in. So th- you're going to find there's a massive collusion between the House Speaker, some of the key Democrats, and some of the local law enforcement that are responding to the, um, I think they're called Master at Arms or Sergeant at Arms. Uh, right, I think it's a Sergeant, Sergeant at Arms. I get yeah. confused because the British system in the American system actually is quite close in relation to that. Uh, that's the guy I'd be looking for. Um, and I actually think that President Trump is just sitting back watching it and is quite confident because he knows the second impeachment will actually be struck from the books. Very good. Also, That's, very quickly on that one, um, they've already identified the people that were in the Capitol building at the front. All of them are Democratic activists. Yes. All right. So this is one of mine that just made me think uh, off the top of my head. You may have seen the picture of the gentleman who was uh, who broke into Nancy Pelosi's office that was kicked back with his with his feet up on her desk and so forth. He's committed, so they say, suicide. Any news on that guy? Was it suicide? Have you heard any intel on that? Not a word? Okay. I've heard nothing on it myself. Okay. I don't know if Simon has. All right. Okay. Sydney Powell. Where is she? What is she doing? Sydney Powell is uh, absolutely fine. Um, she's being kept out of the firing line at the moment. She's very, very safe. They're sitting back at the moment and watching what's happening. Uh, They know exactly what... uh, You have to understand that Donald Trump at this moment in time has a handful of ace cards and a handful of pitch cards. And at this moment in time, he hasn't had to use any of them. He's just sat there and Sidney Powell is one of those cards. At the moment, they're just waiting for them to run out of bullets. Um, It's a bit like a boxer who's throwing all his punches and... And he's now running out of power and he's running out of punches. They're, they're letting the Democrat Party and all of that side just, just punch themselves out um, before they do anything. And all they're doing is they've just pulled back uh, and uh, they're waiting waiting to, to strike. Um, they're ready to strike, but yep. one thing they won't do is they won't change the timeline. They'll stick very firmly to the timeline that's been laid out and they'll let them punch themselves out. And to reiterate what Simon and I spoke about the other day, uh, Sidney Powell is a military attorney, and military tribunals may well indeed be in the future for some of these key players. I just want to she's, make sure she's the only person that's actually allowed to handle matters of treason in a military court. Okay. All right. Now, a related question with regards to just, just quickly, just want to add oh, that yes, yes, just quickly. There's another reason for this is because um, if the action was taken too quickly, you wouldn't catch everybody. What's happening now is people in the Republican Party are now breaking cover. And this is uh, gold dust because it's actually showing how far the corruption is, who, where, what and when. And I think that's why the president can afford to wait even a few more days, two more days or something like that. Um, Because it is shocking the number of people who he has supported, for goodness sake. He's going down to the states. He's stood by the side of them and campaigned for them. But, and, and in many cases, his campaign, his name, his signatures actually got them across the finishing line. And yet they were rotten to the core. And, and the president clearly didn't know that at the time, but they're showing themselves up now. And I think that's an important point for the audience to understand that don't think that this is weakness on the president's part. It's actually strength because he's saying, come on, let's see who, let's see who you all are. Bring yourselves out. He tested this theory many years ago, and there's a video going around today about it, where he went on purpose. He decided to declare himself as bankrupt and out of money um, just to see who was his friends and who wasn't many, many years ago, when he actually still had money. He declared that he was bankrupt to everybody around him, and he said he was amazed how many people stood by him and how many people left him. And he was uh, very surprised at how many people turned their back on him 
Um, and he did it purely as a social, uh, a social experiment to see who was real and who was not. And he was very surprised by the real ones and very surprised by those uh, that were not real. So he's been through this process before. He knows what he's doing. Same question regarding Lynn Wood, to agree, where is he? Um, what do you make of the information that he's putting out? Some of the people that I've spoken with and have commented uh, to me uh, say, why is Lynn Wood acting like such a kook? Why is he saying all of this seemingly outrageous stuff? What do you have to say about that? Lynn Wood, Lynn Wood I think, has probably gone back to the fireworks shop to get some more crackers. <laughs> he's, just, he's just come out like a little boy and been throwing them everywhere. But it, what it's doing, um, somebody said to me, he's a bit like, uh, he throws, you have to understand the art of war to understand what he's doing. And somebody summed up and said, uh, if you want to break into somebody's house at the back, you start a fire at the front. And that's what Linwood has been doing. He's been sending off crackers all over the place <laughs> to distract from what's going on behind the scenes. And he's done an amazing job. And I take my hat off to him. Excellent. Um, just very quickly on that, I mean, the book, The Art of War, uh, goes right back to the Chinese. President Trump has read it. We've all read it. Those of us yep. who are in, in that game and every general worth his or her name has also read it. Um, the point about Lin Wood is that while the attention's on him, something else is occurring. And I think that's exactly what, what uh, Charlie's saying here. Because a person is not part of the official campaign, they're not a, uh, a member of government, then they're freer to say things than they would otherwise have yes. been. And I think that uh, uh, nearly everything I've heard, I haven't heard everything Linwood said, but nearly everything I've heard, I thought, yeah, that sounds exactly right to me. The only thing is that um, when you're dealing in politics, you can't always be a preacher. Uh, and there's a time to preach and there's a time to deal in politics. And I think that, yeah. that Linwood is one of these characters that you will use at certain times, and he'd be quite happy for that because he knows he's doing, got, doing good work. And at other times he would just step back. Now, I've always found that God-fearing God -fearing men and women actually tend to be genuine. Um, yeah. And it's these other group that sort of sneak around, you know, with their satanic type hoods over their heads. They're the ones we've got to be careful of. Very good, thank you, Simon. Okay, uh, will President Trump pardon Julian Assange and Eric Snowden? I think that's probably the easiest question I've had today, yes. Yes, yeah, I think he will um, too, People John. who do the right thing, Trump looks after. Yep. He looks after good. He's, he's, he's actually, he's, um, I've, I've referred to him as God's wingman, but he's, uh, God has chosen him to do a job, and if you're doing the right thing, you're right alongside Trump. And what these people have done, is they've exposed evil, and there's a, um, it, the the most important thing is not when um, if they'll be pardoned. It's a question of when the timing will be right with with Trump. Be absolutely. He dropped a little hint today about pardoning people. Um, the timing will be very very important. Simon, just on just on that, um, President Trump was always chosen to do this and not necessarily by men on the ground. Correct. There is another force here, good force, which has made everything occur and has brought him in. So uh, I don't know whether he's got nice white fluffy wings, um, <laughs> but I would say that uh, this is a God-fearing man that was the right man at the right time, at the right place. And I think that that's not just fate and destiny, it's actually God's will. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. In fact, I've done a show on that, that it's God's divine providence that has called forth Trump at, at this time and this place for these issues. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. You'll never find anyone stronger in belief in all of that than me. Um, we have one question about martial law. Simon, you and I touched on this the other day, so I won't, I'll, be, I'll be brief. Um, and verify what I'm telling you is the truth. With regards to martial law, we won't likely see martial law in Kansas City in the middle of the United States. However, we may see it on the coasts and in the high populated areas where the primary targets, so to speak, are located. So martial law, the, the question is, will martial law affect uh, our entire democracy and our population and if so, how? So 
I, I don't think so, but what do you gentlemen think? I think um, from the way that I perceive it right now, it's the same as the, the period of darkness. It'll be done in areas at specific times for specific reasons. Um, and it comes down to a very simple thing. I was talking to Mel Kay the other day in New York, and um, they had real harsh restrictions. And these they're done for a reason. Martial law will be done for a reason. It won't be done for fun. This will be done for a specific reason in a specific place. But there's no point shutting down the whole of America to arrest somebody in New York. Um, they'll do it. They'll do it in the right at the right time in the right areas. Whether it's martial law, whatever it is, um, the interesting thing with the states is the way that it's set up, the structure of the constitution. I was unaware on this journey that every single state has a supreme court. You know, in England, the thought of having a supreme court in every county is unthinkable. Um, we, we just have, a, you know, we have the, um, the the top courts in, in London. Um, the, the thought that you could have one in Lancashire and one in Suffolk and one in you just go you for so that was a shock for me. But there's there's a there's a structure that's different there, um, and it's the same. We're having it in Spain right now, where suddenly we're getting really harsh lockdowns in specific areas. There was a very very specific lockdown in Barcelona, and then obviously we learned about the computer systems up there with certain. So there's there's an it's it's being managed. What Trump doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to, to do any more damage than is possibly necessary. The damage has already been done by the Black Hats. He's trying to minimize it. The Black Hats have killed the world's economy uh, because they wanted to crash it, because they wanted their, their own system in. And he's tried to manage it as best he can. But I can assure you one thing. He wants to get the world back on its feet as quickly as possible and with as, with as little collateral damage as possible. His heart is pure. Okay. Simon. I, I certainly agree with that. Um, perhaps we can do a little bit more detail. <clears throat> I would expect to see soldiers in Seattle. I would expect to see in some parts of California. Let's go to the East Coast, New York, there are a number of places, the swing states most definitely. But to directly answer your question, um, you are forgetting that in some areas there are underground military bases which are not controlled by the white hats and yet they may be in an area that is very peaceful very god god loving um, there will be some activity there perhaps and so just because you live in texas or arizona it doesn't mean that you you won't see any action and i think that uh, well i know charlie is absolutely right um, but i believe that there will have to be some um, overt activity there has to be um, and uh, and the question is how carefully will that be managed and 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 I don't know it depends what the bad guys do if the bad guys throw their hands up and throw themselves on Trump's mercy well then it'll be fairly easy but if they want to put a fight up like they did in Frankfurt or they want to go running and hiding then it's 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 a different game yeah. but I share the same strength and optimism that Charlie has. Very good indeed. Okay, a question from Teresa from uh, from your audience, Simon, who saw us on YouTube the other day, could go to either one of you, really, um, whoever wants to answer this one. What about the early resignations of Trump supporters and the ones that have just resigned recently? Is there anything behind those scenes uh, that may be playing out with regards to the current state of affairs? And she asked specifically about Chad Wolf. Um, I think we've already covered that uh, in the fact that at the moment um, we're going through a process of draining the swamp and the final piece is coming out and there'll be a number of people exposed etc etc that uh, he's having to do certain things twists and turns because had he have not done this now um, the extra people that uh, turned their back on him the other day um, he would never have known and there's a lot of people that are very, very nice to his face. Yeah. Um, that behind his back have been, who haven't been supportive. So he's still squeezing out, squeezing out every single one to find out who's real and who's not. And just as a little word of advice, those that 
There's those that are against and those that are for, and there's those that flip-flop in the middle. As far as Trump's concerned, if you're a flip-flop, you're on the other side. Good. And there's one other point that uh, in the early to middle part of Trump's uh, tenure of office in his first term, uh, he needed people who were acceptable to the bad side to have a conversation. Um, and so what he had to do was have people in reasonably serious high positions because they would then go and have this conversation with the other side. And though they were like double agents. So mm -hmm. a lot of these people that Trump put into positions of power did exactly what they were supposed to do. Um, and, and I hope when the books are written in the future, uh, the intelligence behind Trump and Trump himself uh, will be shown to be quite unique. So, Simon, that's in Charlie. That's that's interesting to me because all along I had thought that you know when I see these resignations, when I see um, the backstabbing that some of Trump's inner circle has conducted against him, I you know I thought to myself, who in the world is screening these people? The, President Trump needs somebody to 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 make sure that people are more loyal to him. But I, I had never thought about uh, to your point about the double agent, so to speak. Well, look, if you have a football game uh, in a 3D world, you don't take on a quarterback who's going to <laughs> lose you the game every time. But if you're the president of the United States and you command a huge team um, and it's a game of politics going on, then sometimes um, that becomes part of the game. And so, you know, the problem for most um, observers is that they're not privy to the depth of machinations that are taking place. And unless you've actually worked and lived in a political, and I've never been to Washington, but I have been a lawmaker and did three terms of office. So I know what corruption is. And I, I know that at every point, at some point, a man or woman who's a lawmaker has to decide whether they're gonna be corrupt and stay in office or do what I did, which was to resign. Um, I was never defeated in an election. I actually left. Um, and I always said, you know, Doug, that I would stay being a lawmaker as long as the good I was doing outweighed the bad. And if I ever felt that the bad was becoming too much, I would just leave it. And so I think that's the point, that what we're going to be seeing is a complete clean out, uh, and not just with the money, but with the values of society. And we can't go back. President Trump can't go back. And the other side can't go back. It is a fight to the finish. I'm not going to say death. I'm just going to say it's a fight to the finish. Only one side will come across that finishing line. Only one side is going to get the gold medal. Very good. Thank you. Just a couple of more questions, gentlemen, and then we'll have a, a closing conversation. I, we all want, I think, you know, from the, from the messages that I receive, at least, clearly from the United States, uh, the majority of them, but also now uh, worldwide, there are a lot of people, a lot, that are pulling for and rooting for, for President Trump. And we, we are hoping that, you know, by the time of January 20th, that he will, in fact, have his second term. We'll, we'll see. I want to talk about that in a moment. But a specific question comes to us from Susan. What about this letter that the, the, that the United States Joint Chiefs of Staff wrote saying that Biden will be sworn in on the 20th. And it appears as if we had thought all along the military was in the, was, had Trump's back and now we're, we're getting this conflicted message. Do either of you have data or intelligence on that letter? Do they, is it something that they just have to say to, you know, to keep up the act, so to speak? Or what do you, is there any information you can share about that letter? For me, the moment I saw it, it was like eight people that signed their own death warrant. And what it's doing is exposing who's in the swamp. Yep. Um, I can assure you of one thing, that every single one of those posts, Trump has somebody ready to stand in into those posts immediately. Um, he's done his research. Um, but what this is doing is exposing who's on his side and who's, who's not. Had, had he have not done what he'd done, these people would not have been exposed. He's needed to do this to expose everybody. Okay. Simon? That, that for me is, is the hardest question, but that, that is the hardest question. Um, I think it, it's the level of blackmail is such that you begin now to understand as an, as an audience just how all-controlling it really is. 
for a general who is supposed to swear to the commander-in-chief and yet is not. That actually is, is difficult. Um, and I think that it's a, it's a terrible shame, but it's also an indictment over the last 50 years how America has changed. And as Charlie said, you know, there will be a ton of people ready to move up into their positions who are, you know, good, loyal patriots. Um, to some extent, <clears throat> maybe a general feels that he or she has to sign this because to do anything other than that is to go against the, the, uh, the, the Constitution. But, you know, if I was that general, I would have been out on vacation that day. My, my signature wouldn't have gone on a paper. Yep. Okay. All right. One of the last couple of questions here from a countryman of yours, uh, Ian from Wales, wrote in and, and wanted to know uh, about your British government and, and the entanglements in this. Um, will, will there be any British government members arrested? Question from Ian. About 95% of them, yes. My goodness. The um, difficulty that we have is that Britain is little America. <laughs> um, you have the same aspirations, but not the same material ability to, to get to it. So it's why many people leave Britain and go to another country, actually. Mm. Um, I think that the, the shocking thing, I know you're coming to an end now, Doug, but I think the shocking thing for the vast majority of people is two points. One, um, child trafficking. That's going to be the number one big one. And the second number one big one is the number of people, household names, uh, for whatever reason, are shown to be against the people. And that is the hardest thing for people to swallow. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm quite moved because I don't want anyone to say, my whole life has been for nothing or my whole life is, is wasted or how did I never see this? And my answer is, look, these people have been doing this for thousands of years. They're very clever. The fact they tricked you doesn't mean that you're stupid. It just meant you were very trusting. You were just too trusting. Um, and those, you know, that have, will see the light at that point, they will wake up and they'll be just as great as everyone else. But I'm very aware that when this truth hits, there's going to be a, a disconnect. It's almost like people will stop going to work. They'll mm -hmm. stop driving the train. They'll stop driving the bus. They'll just sit at home and thinking, and they'll be there for hours thinking, what's happened to my world? And, and that's why, you know, I said to Charlie and, and now you, Doug, that, that what we're doing is important because we have to keep things going because there's a better future coming. And that's my main concern, that when the truth is really got out there, uh, the, the shock, uh, you know, there are people who haven't a clue, haven't a damn clue. Uh, and there are going to be lots of God-fearing people as well. Uh, and they will say, I put my trust in that person. I put my trust in that government. And um, that, that's, that's of a concern to me. And I would rather that we went through that and we got everybody who needed to be got than spare people's blushes and spare the pain and let half of them get away with it. You know, I, I, I want the whole thing done. I know Charlie does, and I know you do, Doug, as well. Yes. There's also, there's, there's also been an awful lot of explosions in the last... 10 months in the United Kingdom and two in the last week, one in Essex, one in Cambridgeshire, and also one in Kent three. Um, and people are going, hang on a sec, we can't be having all these earthquakes. They're not. Yeah. Um, it's one thing, and I'll mention this, but I'm not going to go into detail because I'm not allowed to. There are many, many tunnels in the United Kingdom that we, we use for the wrong things. And it's one thing to rescue people from there. It's another thing to disable them so they can never be used. And I can assure you that the explosions in the UK are disabling these underground military bases. My goodness. Okay. Interesting. Thank you. I, I want to agree with Charlie. Some of them actually are the, the tunnels that link the bases. Yeah. Um, it's interesting if you, we don't have the resources, but if you could get a team of a hundred people and you would interview, you would get this, sound that started in one area where they hear it and if you went linearly um you would find you could time it from the different people's reports that the explosion or implosion occurs in one place and it travels along the tunnel um i mean we're getting told everything from sonic yeah. booms uh, to 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 small earthquakes 
But the reality is that this country is riddled with underground tunnels and bases. Many of them are dysfunctional, but some are operational. Some are just totally artificial intelligence. Some are mix and match. Um, but this is the time to do it because everyone's running around with a mask on their face. So I think the good guys are taking advantage of the, of the bad guys' uh, plan to lock us all down. And under that cover of that, the good guys are saying, well, why shouldn't we take advantage of this? And I think that's what's going on. Okay. So you're Thank wearing you. the mask to protect yourself from the dust of when they uh, collapse the tunnels. <laughs> right. Gentlemen, we've, we've reached the end. I want to give you each a chance. If, if you have um, any information that might be new that, um, and you don't, I know that you each have your own programs and you want to break certain news on your own programs, but any, any teasers, any, any trailers of what, any previews of what uh, is coming the next few days. One question that I have for you, and of course, uh, we are waited, uh, waiting here in, in the States with bated breath for next week in January 20th. Do you, do you both still have a sense that, you know, something will happen that will enable Trump to, to have uh, the second term? Everyone is hungry to know that. Everybody wants to know. I know it's imp- we don't have crystal balls, but we do have information. We can read tea leaves, so to speak. We can see how things are moving. What's your take on that? What, what, how confident are you that Trump may be in office uh, January 20th? From my perspective, I'm 100% confident that Donald Trump will be the next president. And the date is irrelevant. We're going through a process of change from the corporate America to the Republic of America. Okay. And that will take time. We're so obsessed with time and date. Yeah. Forget it. Yep. But when, when the time is right, Donald Trump will make, make the announcement. Thank you, Charlie. Simon? How about a situation where nobody is inaugurated on the 20th, but there is a semi-military inaugurum that sort of says, well, for the next six weeks, uh, President Trump will remain in office. However, um, the day-to-day running is going to be held by these individuals whilst, you know, basically people are arrested and, and cleared out. Now, there doesn't need to be another election because President Trump even the figures I've been shown privately, even one California. So he will be the next president. Um, I mean, I, ideally, I would like to see President Trump inaugurated on the 20th in the White House. I'd love to see that. But that may not be possible. It may be that there has to be this, uh, and that's what I meant by this vacuum period. People like us, the three of us here and others, have got to be active over that period because so many people will whisper and talk and Uh, I don't believe that Biden will ever be the president. I've just got one point I'd like to add to that. Before this journey started, Donald Trump verified the Constitution. We all know that. If there was any foreign interference in the election, the election would be deemed null and void and he would win by default. He cleared that with the Supreme Court before we started this journey. We already have evidence that Italy was involved. We have evidence that Spain was involved. We have evidence the United Kingdom was involved. We now have evidence that China was involved. Nobody said he needed four. Yeah. Germany, 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 Charlie, don't forget Germany. Oh, Germany, yes. The Nazi states of Germany, yeah, they were involved. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was only, it was any. It wasn't four or five, it was any. Any foreign interference yeah. deemed the election null and void and he would win by default. He verified that in the Supreme Court before we started. And for anybody with half a brain cell, we know there's been foreign interference. Oh, and Canada. Ah, Canada. You might call them not foreign, though. You might call them the North northern states of America. <laughs> that, that's actually why Quebec's gone into lockdown. I mean, the official line is it's all about COVID. It's not about COVID. You know, you don't put a, a, a curfew from, what is it, 8 p.m. until 5 in the morning just in one part. Yeah. Yeah, COVID is across the whole place. So they're clearly, and I'm not privy to, to exactly what that is, but they're clearly wanting to keep something bottled up, and it's not a virus uh, in yeah. an area. Um, and so that's a good idea of martial law that's not called martial law. Correct. You know, 
there's there's a curfew. Your six thousand dollar fine if you're caught out. Extra police patrols. No one's calling it martial law, but but that's occurring, and I think that you might see more of that as we develop. Very well, thank you, gentlemen. We've 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 uh, we've reached the end. Uh, if there's anything else that you uh, that you want to say that needs to be said, is there such information? Happy New Year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Happy yeah, I, th- I think I think that with um, Charlie and I are not precious about this. We're not holding anything back from you. Okay. Very good. Um, I just think that uh, things are going to uh, happen so quickly. I think your audience needs to keep their eyes open all the time now. Okay. Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it right here on the right side with Doug Billings, our guests, Simon Parks, Charlie Ward, a big day for us here uh, and important information, you know, do your research. Uh, and gather your information from multiple sources, but this needs to be known. This is good information, good intelligence, and we are happy uh, to have Simon and Charlie. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed for your time today and for joining me here on The Right Side. It's been an honor, truly.